0: So we're in uh, the book of 2 Timothy, if you've got your Bibles you can flick them open to that. Uh, Thessalonians is the book before it, Timothy comes after that. If you've got an iPhone, open it up, hit the app, find it. Uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. We've been looking at it for the last couple of weeks and we'll again finish off with it next week as well. Uh, these were Paul's last words to Timothy, a good mate of his. Uh, that he travelled with and so we thought they were a great, uh, great way for us to think about as we're heading off and leaving our last words for you as well. And our last words need to attune with God's words to us. So that's what we're going to do now and have a look at that together. Uh, so we've got 2 Timothy chapter 2, have a look at those and open it up, that'll be great. Uh, signs, they're good things aren't they? They do a number of things don't they? They warn us about things that are happening around us. Uh, Slippery floors, we know we don't go there if we've got one of those happening around us. Uh, We've seen this a lot, haven't we? That's a sign at Evans Head Beach, closed uh, for a number of reasons and for sharks. Sadly, that's happened a few times this week, hasn't it? It's been closed because of that. They warn us, don't they? Signs warn us what's happening around us. But they can also encourage us and some of them can be funny, like this one. Caution, this sign has sharp edges. Don't touch the edge of the sign. Or this one that's on a friend's of mine's gate to their pool. Welcome to our wool. Notice there is no P in it. Let's keep it that way. (laughs) Takes a little while to work that one out, doesn't it? Uh, But it's a good sign, isn't it? They're both warnings and encouragements. They want us where not to go and they encourage us what to do. Uh, This... Part of the passage in Two Timothy is both those things. It's both a warning oh, that's a different one, we'll get on both warnings and encouragements. an encouragement to do something and a warning not to do something. So as we read that this morning, I want you to think about that. Think about what this passage is encouraging us to do and warning us not to do. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up to that, or it'll be on the screen as well. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter two verses 14 through to 21. Or twenty-two. Uh, so Paul's talking to Timothy, he says, Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarrelling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be shamed and who correctly handles the word of God. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and that they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Did you see the warnings and the encouragement? Uh, it's all about words, isn't it? Don't argue over words, don't gossip, don't meddle. Handle the word of God correctly. See that? It's all about words, this passage, and specifically all about the words of God, the Bible. Uh, Timothy goes on later in chapter 3, verse 16, and says that all Scripture is God-breathed. What he believes is what we have in the Bible uh, has been written by people who have been inspired by God to write down God's words, for those people at the time but words that will continue to impact throughout all eternity and those words are what have been handed on to us and so Paul is saying to Timothy we need to be careful about how we handle God's word I reckon this is a great warning and encouragement for us isn't it this time as we're heading off and as you are looking to call someone new for us to think about this really carefully Because Paul says to Timothy, be careful how you handle the word. And right at the beginning he says, remind them of God's people of these things. What's he reminding them of? The things he's just said, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus. He says, don't be timid about telling people about Jesus because you have the power of the Spirit within you, Timothy. He said, have complete confidence in God's word and the good news of Jesus because it transforms people. We can can have impact on people, but Jesus transforms people. Have confidence in that, because you've seen it in my life, you've seen it in other people's lives, you see that Jesus changes people. The good news of Jesus is he does that, and that we want to pass that on. That was last week, wasn't it? Pass it forward. Hashtag, pass the good news of Jesus on. And in this verse he says, keep reminding people of that, because people keep forgetting it. I heard a story uh, of this minister who turned up at a church for the first time and he got up and he preached a sermon and it was a ripper of a sermon and people walked out afterwards, thank you pastor, that was a good sermon. Thank you, that was a good sermon. And he did that for the first week and the next week he got up and he preached and he preached the same talk. And there was a few people there going, oh maybe we've heard this before. And they walked out and gee, that was a good sermon. Thank you for the good sermon. That was a great sermon. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. Well, the third week he got up and he started to preach and he gave the same sermon. And one person pre- tricked to that and worked it out. And they put up there and said, but we heard this before. And he says, well, until you start doing it, you're going to keep hearing it. And that's what Paul's saying to Timothy a little bit here. He's saying that you've heard it before, but you need to keep reminding of them. You now, sometimes in Christian circles you hear of the new movement or the new thing that God's doing or the new thing that's happening over here. I reckon you need to be wary because Paul says to Timothy, keep reminding them of the stuff you've already heard. Yes, you can go deeper in that and you can learn more you can go more but you keep reminding them of that because you keep forgetting. And people are going to want to try and change that on you. So he says to so encouragement to start with is remind us continue to remember Jesus and what he's done keep our focus on him and the big encouragement he says to us the way to do that is make sure you handle the word of God correctly you see that there in verse 15 remind them all this godless chatter and words are all over the place but you Timothy Stick to God's word, doesn't he? Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be shamed, who correctly handles the word of truth, who correctly handles God's word, who correctly teaches God's word. And the word there for correctly is the picture of cutting a straight path. Uh, here's the highway that some of our good friends here have been working on, uh, the Pacific Highway. If you've ever flown from here to Sydney and looked down at that highway, it is a phenomenal piece of infrastructure. And particularly up this way at the moment, out the back of Hill there, and it's amazing that they've cut this path, this swathe through the trees, and when you look down on it, it's phenomenal. See, what they've done, haven't they? They've worked out the start, they've worked out the destination and they've plotted a path and they've cut that path towards that. Now, maybe sometimes not straight and sometimes we're a bit confused, but it's the RTA, so, you know, they're going to do that. Even with our South African friends who have brought them back in line. But they've cut the path, they've cut the straight line. And that's what this verse is saying about God's Word, that we need to cut a straight path towards what God wants us to do. Someone put it this way, I read this week, we need to get it straight, to give it straight, to keep it straight. We need to get God's word straight, we need to give it straight, to keep us straight. That is on the straight and narrow, not the term people use straight these days for, but the straight and narrow towards God and what he's on about. You need to understand the Bible well, to teach it well, to be understood well. When you come here at Evans Head Presby, every time you come, we will open up the Bible and we will teach from the Bible. We may have other topics and we may work around things, but we'll always bring it back to the Bible because that's where God speaks to us and that's the place we know where the truth is and that's why we need to handle it correctly. Now there's a number of different things that people have uh, will have different theories on how you handle the Scriptures uh, correctly uh, but I want to just leave you with a couple of things that I think are really, really important. The big word that they use for this type of thing is how do you handle the word, uh, the Bible, correctly? It's called hermeneutics. There you go, big word for you. Look, I'm going to throw out some words for you to remember. Uh, so when the next person comes and they, you say that word to you, you'll say, oh, Paul told us about that hermeneutics it's how you understand scripture how you interpret it and how you teach it now in the real estate game uh the big word there is location 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 isn't it three words it's all about location whatever is location 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 so i'm going to give you multiple lots of three words because this is the important things for you to understand and the first thing is context 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 when you want to come to the Bible, it's not about just opening it up and going, oh, I've found a verse, and go, all right, that's what it's on about. Now, God can do amazing things, and sometimes he can open up the Bible, and you go, wow, that is amazing. But when it comes to teaching God's Word, you don't just pull verses out and then suddenly apply it to us, because the Bible is a book of the Bible. It's a piece of literature. It's a storyline from beginning to end. It all fits together. And so you need to understand context. You only need to understand the passage, where it is in that particular book of the Bible. You need to understand where it is in the New Testament. Then you need to understand where it is in the whole of the Bible. And you only need to understand where it is in their culture and then how to understand it in our culture. Context, context, context. So whenever you pick up the Bible, please Don't just open up and say that verse is for me because that's not the way the Bible was written. God doesn't intend it that way. It was written as a story. It's there. Have a look before. Have a look after. Have a think about where it fits in the whole lot and then think about how it applies to you. And if you get anybody up here at the front who just picks out a verse and doesn't show you how it fits into the context, then you want to question them. If I've ever done that to you, you should question me. Say, Paul, how did you come up with that? We need to put it into context. Context, context, context. And the second thing is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You see, the whole of the Bible is taking you to Jesus. The Old Testament leads you to Jesus. The New Testament brings you back to Jesus. The whole of the Bible has to be seen through the prism of Jesus. Because he's the core part of it. Because he's the one it's all about. So when you read the Bible, if you're in the Old Testament, don't stop there. Before you even think that it's got anything to do with you, think about how Jesus fulfills it, then what it means for you. There's been so many... (laughs) bad teachings that come out when people have gone to the Old Testament and then ripped it out and said that's a promise for you it's a promise about Jesus first and foremost and then it may be a promise for you but it's got to go through Jesus first the New Testament says that everything in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus first and foremost if anyone gets up the front here and this is my passionate plea to you because there'll be different people coming up the front over time and the elders will, will make sure that they want the right people up here who are going to teach you. And if you're looking for the new minister to come to you, if they preach to you at, at any time and do not take you to Jesus, close your ears. Please. If I've ever not taken you to Jesus, then please ignore me. Please can't employ you more than that and engage 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 now the bible is a phenomenal story there is so much wonderful stuff in there and if anyone makes it boring it's their fault not the bible's okay there is no excuse for a boring talk from the front now i might be boring at points but i hope i'm not boring always there is no excuse for having a talk from the front that doesn't engage because God wants to engage with you it needs to engage our emotions it needs to engage our senses it needs to engage our mind it needs to engage us into this to see what God wants to teach us out of it so if someone's teaching the Bible it needs to be engaging doesn't it It needs to grab us and say because God wants you to he doesn't want you to He doesn't want anyone to come into this place or at any time with God's word and leave it the same. He wants us changed. He wants us transformed. He wants us to move. He wants to engage us in his story so that we become more like his son Jesus. And then application, transformation and life change. If anyone teaches you and doesn't show you how that applies into your life, then we've got to be careful again, don't we? If we don't show that this is transforming, this doesn't transform who we are, then we're going to think, well, that's not what the Bible's about. They're not teaching me the Bible if they're not showing me how this transforms me. If this doesn't lead to life change, to how we live this out, then they're not teaching us the Bible because that's what the Bible's about. It's about life-changing transformation. Context, context, context. Jesus, 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 engagement, engagement, engagement life-changing transformation application because you see Paul goes on and says that this needs to change lives this is a this is an interesting you probably read this and thought what on earth is he on about here Uh, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments of special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. You see, it's about transformation, isn't it? It's about becoming people who are useful for God who do go out and do the things that God wants us to do that he's prepared in advance for us to do as it says in Ephesians that's what he wants from us and so Paul tells Timothy a great thing that he would have understood and we need to just think a little bit more about it is he says that some things in the household are for cleaning stuff up and some things are for beautifying and glory some things are like toilet brushes They're used for washing out the toilet, okay? But there are some brushes that look, that are like this, that are for basting. And he says, don't get the two mixed up. (laughs) Have a think about that. How would you be? You're over there, you're getting a steak out and the person gets the toilet brush and goes, whew, this is going to be great. That's what Paul's saying to Timothy some stuff is for use in the toilet and some stuff is used in the kitchen. Some stuff you don't want to have anything to do with, some stuff just makes everything better. That's what he's saying to us about teaching. This is the context, remember, it's about teaching. So what are we talking about here? It's about teaching. He says some teaching, what you need to do with it is you need to brush it off with a thing and hit it with a double flush. Don't listen to it. Because it will only lead you down the toilet and to ungodly, useless for God. Other stuff, you want to grab, you want to delve into you want to soak it in, you want to have all of it because it's going to lead you to the good works that God wants you to do. It will transform your life. You see, that's the encouragement and the warning that Paul says. He encourages us to handle the Word of God correctly and he warns us if you don't, then your life will go down the toilet you won't be useful to God. And he goes on and gives us a couple of examples. Uh, This is not something that, you know, he's just pulled out of the air. This is what's happening at the time. That's why we need to know the context. The context is Paul's talking to Timothy and around Timothy in Ephesus, in the town of these in, there's these other people teaching stuff that sounds very similar to the gospel, but actually leads people away from it. And Paul says to Timothy, these two... I'm an and five leaders are saying to everybody that the resurrection has already happened. That's not that the Jesus' resurrection has already happened, but our resurrection has already happened. That we now are in heaven. We can actually experience and have heaven now. That we are in the resurrection now. I would imagine if you were like me, if I had been sitting in that and listening to those two guys say that, I would saying, Man, what a bummer. This is a pretty pathetic body to be in heaven with, isn't it? I've got a broken shoulder. I've got sore hips. I've got stuff that's not working properly. This is not my resurrection body. Because that's what the bo- 1 Corinthians 15 says. We're going to get the resurrection body perfect. Us. The perfect. I don't want to have a dodgy eye. I'll see things clearly. I'll beat Dave Heath at golf, which I didn't do on Friday. Yeah, I'll be able to do all those things. It's But what they were saying is that you can have it now. That's what they're saying. And that's what you will hear from some people teaching now. You can have heaven now. Now, don't get me wrong, you'll get glimpses of heaven now. You will. When you come and trust and believe in Jesus, you'll get glimpses of it. You'll get little senses. You know, there'll be moments when you'll say, this is what heaven will be like, when everyone is loving one another perfectly. But this is not heaven now. It hasn't. We're not there yet. That's the hope that we have. That's what we look forward to. That's what we're going to, but we don't have it now. So if anyone says to you that you can have it now, that you can have perfect health now, you can have perfect wealth now, you can have perfect power now, that you can experience that now, Listen to 2 Timothy and what Paul says about them. Flush them down the toilet. They're for toilet use. They're not to delve into. You see, Paul is saying to us, and I'm saying to you, that we need to be discerning about what we listen to and what we hear. We need to be discerning from who we, what we teach and what we preach for those of us that do that be that here, be that with our kids at home, be that at Sunday school, be that at SRE be that wherever you happen to be, this is just as important about what you teach your kids at bedtime when you're sitting down to them and you're reading the Bible to them as it is for me up the front here speaking to you today Since says we need to be discerning we need to get it straight, to give it straight to keep it straight And we live in a world where we can hear anyone preach any moment of the day. Just type in Jesus into Google or into YouTube and you can hear just about anyone. You can hear the most amazing preachers all over the world. But you can hear some people that are wanting to drag you away from the truth as well. We need to be discerning that's what Paul's saying to Timothy that's what he's saying to you and me this morning says one of the most important things we do as followers of Jesus is make sure we cut a straight path with God's word to teach it well we need to get it straight to give it straight to keep it straight We're in a transition period, aren't we? You're going to get someone in the future that's going to come and you're going to look at people and you're going to be going online and maybe hearing other preachers and other ministers around the place, checking them out. Well, one of the first things you want to check out about them is this. That they are cutting a straight path. That they're handling God's Word correctly. It is so important because if we don't handle God's Word correctly then the lives that we live in consequence of that won't be useful to God. If we do handle the Word of God correctly and we teach it well, engaging, life-changing, transforming, then we will be living lives that are useful for God. Please, Please be discerning. It's life and death. It's usefulness or uselessness. That's what God's saying to us through his word this morning. I'm going to finish by just reading this passage because this comes a little bit later on. In chapter 3, it's a fantastic piece of God's word. I'm not going to touch on that much in the next week. Les is going to come back to that in a couple of weeks' time. But this is a great verse to help us finish this morning with. Paul says to his dear mate Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We uh, we thank you so much uh, that you have given us your word. That Lord, you haven't left us alone. That you haven't left us to flounder. Uh, but Lord, you have given us your word to us in the Bible. Lord, uh, we thank you that you gave it to Timothy. Thank you that you've given it to us. We thank you that we have it in our hands and available so readily. Lord, we pray. Uh, that, Lord, we will get into your word, that we will spend time to get it straight so that we can give it straight, so that we can keep us straight, Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to be discerning because there is so much teaching available to us these days and so much that seems to be so close to the truth, but yet doesn't cut a straight path, but veers off your path, Lord. Heavenly Father, help us to be discerning. Help us to stick to your straight path. Help us, Lord, to trust in that your word is breathed by you to enable us to live out the good works that you've planned in advance for us to do, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.